What a day. FT Live, Scotty Braun, AJ Przezinski, Eric Kratz, Brady Singer of the Royals going to join us soon. No, too soon, too soon. Oh, I thought I was still on vacation. Sorry. Oh. Were you on vacation? Well, I mean, I haven't been here for a while, so I thought... You're never on vacation. You just work like an absolute workaholic. He's a grinder. You know what? I watched his whole game. I've been doing that more lately. This past weekend, I watched his Astros-Angels game. I'm sorry you had to watch that game. Thank you. But you entertained (laughs) me to an extent. Martin Maldonado, do you remember you interviewed him? And they got to the end of the interview, and they're like, "Uh, whoever, who were you on with? Oh, uh, Albert. He goes, do you have Kenny Albert? He goes, do you have any questions for AJ? And Maldonado's like, you played for so long. Like, does anything hurt? And AJ was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to lie? It was great. And then like the inning ended and they had to go to break. So Maldi couldn't even say anything (laughs) back. But like he thought he was going to be like, dude, my back, my knees. I have to get physical therapy, all this shit. And he was like, nope, nothing. (laughs) I mean, I wasn't going to lie. It's true. Kratzy, does anything hurt you? You seem like you're pretty fit, too. Many catchers I know that used to play are like, uh, they're like walking around like they're going to fall over. I was fortunate. I didn't play as much as AJ. That's one of the good things about playing. I just caught a bunch, not playing. I just caught a bunch of bullpens. So the only time my knee hurt last year when I was training for a marathon, but I was like, well, that's dumb. I'll just stop training for a marathon. Right. You just stop. Smart, 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 smart. smart, You just stop. That makes sense. Um, a couple of things I want to let everyone know before we uh, charge. Number one, thank you to everyone that follows and watches us on YouTube. Uh, 15,000 plus subscribers now. We hot. 30,000 plus TikTok follows. That's so, from me. Some some milestones. That is true. Kratz still me. holds the record by far. Two point something million. Uh, by the way, views. I also got 6,000 Insta followers. I sent ball, I sent autographed balls and sent it to them. You the personally time, have yeah. that. The last five I sent autograph balls. Wow. I didn't know nice. that. Should yeah. fill me in on that. I would well, I got a little this, I got, was at five nine nine zero and I said the last one. And then people were like, That's not fair because what I'll just unfollow you and refollow you. And then so when they got to six thousand, it popped up and I was like, just kidding, I'll give it to the last it actually ended up being six because when I went to take the picture, it went from six thousand to six thousand one. So I sent you six all all of those people. All those people. Oh. They all DM me their address. Nice. They went out on Friday, so if you're watching you should have your autograph ball soon, hopefully. Wow, that's that's very nice. Big league ball. It's like Santa Claus. It's the Santa Claus. I, I don't. Is there another ball? Mine's been missing. Remember, Kratz, I'm not a grinder. Did you take my baseball? Is yeah, that what again, we no, have this conversation. I don't want the Sandlot baseball. I don't want the Sandlot baseball. Let's charge the damn mound, shall we? Let's get to the. Wait, first, um, you got to say who's on today. I did already, didn't I? No. Didn't I say Brady no. Singer's coming on? No. He pitched great last night, too. Yeah, he, he carried had no a no-no. late until somebody on our text Slack wow. feed intern-ish said, hey, Brady Singer's coming on tomorrow. He's got a no-hitter. And the next pitch, immediately. The next immediately. pitch. So, Sorry, Jay. He turned the on you. Oh, well, Kratz did it. But I wasn't going to call your name out. But don't ever do that. It's not a real thing. But we'll talk about it with Brady Singer. And then David Robertson, the closer of the Marlins, will join us also in hour two, uh, 15 minutes away from talking to Ryan Divish about the Seattle Mariners, the surging Mariners. Also, you can buy merch. We're getting a lot of questions lately. FoulTerritoryShop.com. You want a hat or the world's softest shirt? I've been seeing them around. I like it. Some people taking pictures of them in, in their shirt and then sending it to us on, on FT, and we restory it. So, cool. Thank you. Let's charge them out. Powered by Teza. By the way, if you have a friend that dips, it's terrible for them, so tell them stop it. 
and recommend Tiza. By the way, when I was working this weekend, yeah, there was an organization that had them in their locker room. Love that. Okay, yeah. you can't tell me, but can the you manager, tell? Manager, one of the managers, yeah, like some is a Tiza guy. Is a Tiza guy. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. We're gonna have to talk about that later. Not necessarily on air, but I want to know more. Yep. Okay, cool. Love that. Uh, let's focus on biz. So you called Angels Astros this weekend, this past weekend. I'm sorry you had to watch that game. Thank you. <laughs> I did watch a little bit of Friday where John Singleton hit two home runs. I'm also I don't sorry feel like I had to watch that game because it was they were equally bad. I know, but at least Singleton's a cool story. Singleton's a great story. When you disappear off the planet of baseball for so many years, then you reappear, you get cut by the Brewers, you reappear again on the old team that you were with. And I don't I mean he he hasn't hit much. He just had that one big game. But I will say, Jose Abreu is having a terrible season. And now he's hurt on the IL. So I was like, this dude makes any noise. Astros fans are seriously going to be like, yo, we need more from first base right now. Because it happened last year with Yuli Gurriel, and then he played okay in the playoffs. And Dusty is loyal as can be. They just paid Abreu for a while. But I'm like, geez, it's been, it's been four plus months. And when he went on the IL, Jose said it, the back has popped up and, and gone back, but he's not using that as the excuse. So I want to make it about lumbar, Singleton, but just lumbar. saying lumbar, lumbar spine, lower issue. lumbar string. Yeah. Went on the aisle, but Singleton, not only hit two home runs, Kratz, he had two epic bat flips. Let's not forget. Yes. Wow. I mean, ball, bat ball, bat flip, and they went forever, mm -hmm. both those home runs. And he's a great story. Um, I was there. I remember when he first came up and the whole story about him getting the big contract kind of before he ever came up. And then he just, like you said, he was out of organized ball for like, a few years. I mean, he was in playing independent ball mm -hmm. and then here he is back with the Astros. So good for you, John Singleton. I hope you do well. Uh, but unlike what Scott says, you're going to have to really bang to take over for Abreu because they just signed him to a three-year, like $60 million deal. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but they, they do like Abreu a lot though. Talking to the Astros and the players and the coaches and the, as a person, as you're a saying. person and right. being in the clubhouse yeah, and the, what he brings other than his offense, they really do like, Oh, Jose Abreu. That's fair. So, Kratzy will push it forward to Monday because then these two teams split off and go their separate ways. The Astros actually lost to the Marlins. Their offense did not show up well yesterday. They left a ton of dudes on base. But the Angels lost 12 nothing, probably their worst loss of the year. You could say maybe a bad loss is losing a one-run game, blown save late, whatever, right? Like the Carlos Estevez blown save and that grand slam for the Mariners a week and a half or so ago. But 12 nothing. they allowed 24 base runners. They had just two base runners for themselves. An infield single was their only hit against Max Scherzer, who was fantastic. We'll get to him in a sec. The Angels are 59 and 61. And at some point, we're going to do some type of like obit kind of thing for teams once they're done. But the Angels are done, Kratzy. And it's disappointing. And I feel bad for Phil Nevin because he was freaking out in the dugout like, hello, does anyone still care? He was definitely freaking out. I was watching this game because I had my K props on it, and it was, it was exactly like what Phil. Yeah, this. Get your heads in the game. Like this was there was everything. There was three strikeouts in the first inning, ending in a clock violation. There was wild-ish pitches scoring runs. They had one hit. An infield single. I get it. It's Max Scherzer. I get it. Scherzer had eleven or twelve strikeouts. I gave up watching after it was after it was seven strikeouts because that's what I needed. But it was 
it was a lackluster performance from everybody. Everybody out there was exact. Phil needed to say what he said, and yeah, they're toast. Just like the toast man says in West Virginia, you are toast. They're done. Yeah, well, okay. I think you guys hit on this yesterday. Did you guys hit on the Manny Machado quote about Do or die. had to win? Do or die. And then Do they lost die. again last night? Yeah. So which one's more done, the Angels or the Padres? The Angels. Are more dead than the Padres? Right yeah, now? they're further back. Okay. I mean, they have less to draw from. And they have less talent. Yeah. I mean, the Padres are definitely at this point on life support for their playoff season. Yeah. But they're talented enough, even though it hasn't happened at all, they're talented enough to win like we're 10 games in a row. We're 120 games deep. No, I know. I'm not I'm not giving them credit anymore. I'm just saying you, the question is, which team is more screwed? Definitely the Angels. Based on their surroundings, the teams around them, like the NL wild card has been much more of an open forum for teams that can struggle for a while and still be involved. That's not the case in the AL. Like the AL's got good teams. We're about to talk in like eight minutes about the Mariners. Who are hot as fire. Are hot as hell. And they're chasing the Blue Jays. Those two teams alone, one of them's not going to make the playoffs. They're both really good. Yeah. Well, the Angels, man, I, you know, again, when I do these Fox games, I'm fortunate enough to go and get to talk to managers and you walk in the clubhouse, you get to talk to the players. And when, I mean, I, I've, I've known Phil Nevin for 20 plus years. And I mean, he just, you look at him and he, I feel bad for him. Because listen, when you go all in as an organization, I, I personally, this is me personally, I want you to do well. Because it encourages you and other organizations to go in. When you look at it and you say, okay, well, the Angels went all in and they're two and 10 since the trade deadline, I think it is, or three and 10, right? And then you look at other teams, the Diamondbacks and some other teams that kind of pushed all in and they're falling off. And then you look at a team like the Mariners, who we're talking about, they didn't really do much. They traded their closer and then they get hot, right? Or even. It's like I want the teams that go all in to do well because it encourages other teams to go all in. And so, I mean, I feel bad for Phil Nevin. I feel bad for some of the players there, Moustakis and, and Shohei. I mean, and, and Mike Trout, he's sitting there. Mike Trout is his butt every day. I mean, he's taking fly balls and ground ball or fly balls in the outfield. He's trying to get back to help them. But at some point, if you're Mike Trout, you're like, man, I'm not rushing back because we're out of it. So I, I feel bad for – for, for the players and for the people they brought in and, and, and Phil Nevin and, and Perry Manese, their GM, because they, they wanted to win, right? They, they, they want to win and they're just not. And so it sucks because as a fan of baseball, I want teams to try. I'm trying to see Oakland athletics, not trying. I want teams to try to win. I agree. It's just not happening for them at this point. But why? There's not enough talent on the roster. Okay. They are injury riddled, but they so have the are two many best teams. players, according to most people in, on the planet, on one team, mm-hmm. and it hasn't worked. Two players doesn't make you a good team. Ask the Yankees. Okay. Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge alone cannot make you a playoff team. Okay. They also have 18 guys, I think, right now on the IL. Yeah, that's Rendon, a lot. Rendon, Ohapi. Don't. I'm not Ned, counting I'm just, saying, I'm just saying. I know. Like, Ohapi, it's, it's great. It's almost like. But a lot of teams have injuries, though. I understand the that. Rangers, who just beat the shit out of them in this game, and, and Max was great. No DeGrom. Evaldi's on the IL. Jonah Heim's been hurt. Corey Seager's missed half the year. It's great when he's there. They're doing just fine. I, I, I know. 
That's why I'm saying is, are they like cursed? Is it like cursed? No, it's a poorly run organization. For years, they didn't believe much in pitching. For years, they didn't have much of a farm system. Billy Epler did a brutal job last time around, put them in a bad spot. I like Perry Manasian. I think he's done a good job so far, given his surroundings. But also, you don't have full autonomy there. That's been known for years. He is an owner in Artie Moreno who likes to get really super involved. It's a little bit of Jerry Jones for years, right, with the Dallas Cowboys where he was super – I think he's still super involved. I don't pay as much Isn't attention the on the football side. Jerry Jones? Is he, is he the GM still? I, he I don't was. know. Anyway, Artie Moreno shouldn't be the GM. He shouldn't do anything. He should say, hey, here's your budget. Go have fun. That's what the Braves do, essentially. They go, the hey, Alex Anthopoulos. Though, Braves are run by a company. Great. The, more a teams should follow trade, that. A publicly traded – and you can buy a piece of the Braves now. Did you know that? I did. Maybe we'll start giving stock tips again. But anyway, just saying they're not run well. For a long time. Every Angel fan knows that. You're right, though. You have two great players, and they can't sniff the postseason. It sucks. I agree. I, I wish that they like were better. It every pitcher they bring over, like something goes haywire on them. Yeah. Although, although, they are buy, and, although they are trying to buy a lot of – they're trying to buy low and hope high, right? Like Syndergaard this year. They, they bought him low thinking like – Well, that was the Dodgers. Year, sorry, last la- year. Yeah. Syndergaard was there – when was Syndergaard an Angel last year, I thought? Last year. Last, last year, yeah, right, and that didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. And then they try, they 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 bring in these guys that are buy low and hope for rebounds, and it hasn't worked. It's better to just you know outbid the Yankees years back for Garrett Cole. That would have been a better move. Yeah, but it. I feel like Garrett Cole was going. To, he wanted to go to the Yankees. Not if they offered him thirty million more. Kratz, did you Scott, have something? Scott's getting snippy. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. I think they, there's, they I think there's more. I think there's more than what, like, just saying, ah, it's a poorly run organization. It's this, it's that. There's more to the, just the mindset of being an angel. Like, I don't know that, like, and I'm not saying that Shohei or Trout are supposed to change the culture of that team. They're going to change it because they're freaking really good. But when you watch an Angels game, do you sit there and go, man, these guys are really grinding out this game and really trying to get everything they can out of it. It just really feels like the organization puts a team together that's okay being 500 because of the hope signings that they have. Like, go out and sign a pitcher or three. Pujols, Rendon, Justin Upton, Vernon Wells, Josh Love Hamilton. hitters. These are, these are deals that were done by Artie Moreno. Yeah. Not but- by the GM. I will say this. Phil Nevin said the biggest loss of the year for them was when Neto went down this year. Yeah. He said, he's like, I've never been around a kid that affects so many things as a young player the way he does their defense or offense or energy. Right. And Neto's been out for a good chunk. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, a bit now. And that's kind of coincides with when they kind of started falling off, you know. So maybe. But I know, still, I know. It's, it's no, I agree. The that's their worst loss, but it's like a dude guy. that got called up in five minutes who's been great for them. That's the whole season right there. So no, I'm, I, I, the I Rangers could have said that about Corey Seager, who's an MVP when he's on a field. Yeah, but they also have Adolis Garcia. They have Marcus Simeon. That's the they point. They have Jonah Heim. Better built. Better built well, organization they from they, top to bottom. Well. And, and Max rolled over them. And that was a great – a little bit of a buy low. They're not paying Max that much the next couple of years. He looks as good as ever. He got rejuvenated. Look, Lance Lynn. He looks inspired. Rejuvenated. Mac, Lance Max Lynn. Scherzer goes to a – they go from a contender, fake contender. Like yeah, pretender. Yeah, to, in the Mets to a real contender. 
And they both were they both three and zero with like unbelievable numbers. Their first three starts or whatever. It is. Max had a season high eleven Ks. The slider was did, nasty, way, which had know. been inconsistent for him. I didn't see the whole show yesterday. I only saw a bit of it. Did you guys talk about the Verlander Scherzer thing that came out? No, we'll get to that. Okay, that's sure. what he said coming up okay. later. For now, use the discount code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for 20% off your first order at TizaEnergy.com. That's charged the mound, powered by Tiza, apparently in some big league clubhouses, too. In my mouth, Look it up. And in Kratzy's mouth, because there's... It's no nicotine, no tobacco. We wouldn't do that on this show, obviously. We will never promote tobacco, okay? Let's get into the Seattle Mariners. We're bringing back our friend Ryan Davis. You can follow him at Ryan, D-I-V-I-S-H, on Twitter. And also, he writes for the Seattle Times covering this team every day. Ryan, what's going on, dude? What's going on with this team? (laughs) Well, they were the hottest team in baseball, and then they ran into the Orioles and got cooled a little bit, and then probably should have won the game last night. They had a crazy comeback against the Royals and just kind of let one slip away. But I mean, you know, July 1st, I was making plans for October and all of a sudden I've had to cancel those plans because they're making it interesting again. Do you feel like they sold, what would you call their trade deadline? Cause it's weird, right? They picked up multiple players that can help their big league team, including, uh, am I going to, why am I forgetting the name? Dominic? Rojas? No, Rojas, but Canzone. Yeah. Um, and, and he's playing and now I, I think they, they had slow starts, but they're starting to hit a little bit. My whole thing was I'm cool with that. Like you wanted to get a little freshness in a lineup that should have been better up to that point, but why see, well, why? Like, you can't tell me you don't need that either for this run or if, when you're a playoff team, you can't have enough high leverage arms like that. Yeah. I, Jerry DePoto and Jerry DePoto speak, he called it buying and selling, um, somewhere, or he likes to say threading the needle of buying and selling. Um, you know, two years ago, they traded Kendall Graveman um, as he was going into his walk year and they traded him and they were a game back in the wild card. Um, this time, I think they were three and a half back and they traded Seawald and Paul Seawald knew he was getting traded. I think part of it is, is the reason they were able to trade Paul Seawald was because of Paul Seawald's success. The Mariners believe that they can find guys that are going to turn them into leverage relievers because of guys like Paul Seawald. Minor league sign, non-roster invite to camp. He was the opening day starter for AAA Tacoma in 21. They brought him up the same day that uh, Jared Kelnick and Logan Gilbert made their MLB debuts. He got called up, and you know he just kind of found his way. He was given opportunities. He took advantage of it. And all of a sudden, he became this leverage guy. So I think the Mariners believe, like, look, they did it this year with Gabe Spire, Justin Topa, you know, all these guys that they find, they use metrics, scouting to to get them to be better pitchers. And then all of a sudden, they find themselves in leverage situations. But they've lost the last two games, you know, in late innings. They've lost – actually, they lost their last three games all in late inning situations, in leverage situations. Munoz twice and uh, Matt Brash yesterday. So are they built – are they built to not only make the playoffs, but then make a run? Because now the Mariners fans, the 21 years is up. Now it's time to make a run. Are they built to do that? I mean, this is what I, I think. If they get in and you play a three-game series in the wild card and they run out Luis Castillo, George Kirby, and Logan Gilbert, I mean, like that's not fun for a lot of opposing teams. And then they bump Bryce Miller into the swing spot in the, in the back in the bullpen and say, hey, Bryce, you've got three innings go out and just throw it as hard as you can for three innings. All of a sudden that it changes the whole math. Like that's the thing is like how the Mariners play throughout the season. Once you get to the postseason, their, their strengths are even more maximized because you you're less days. I mean, like 
that's what makes them special is this starting rotation, the starting pitching. Even without Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez, they've been able to have one of the best rotations in baseball. And those first three guys are, are studs. And then, you, like I said, you take Bryce Miller, who's a rookie, who's got some of the highest spin rates on his fastball in all of baseball, and you tell him for two innings, just empty the tank and go. I mean, that's that's a really good spot to be in. We saw it last year. I thought that, you know, the Blue Jays had a better team than the Mariners last year. They ran into Castillo. You know, they ran into uh, George Kirby or they ran into the Mariners bullpen in that crazy comeback game. You know, and, and the Mar- and the Mariners took they probably played the Astros closer than anybody in the postseason last year from the American League side, all because of that starting pitching. So, yeah, if they get in, you know, we see all how close and tight these games are in the, the postseason. But it's getting in is going to be an issue because they got to they got to get past the Blue Jays. And, you know, it's not easy. So that's a yes, then, Ryan. You're telling us yes that they are dangerous and can make a run. Oh yeah, the, offense, they, the pitching yeah. I get, but is the offense good enough? Because Julio hasn't been great. He's uh, been Oscar really good. Hasn't been great. Rowley hasn't had the yeah. same year. I mean, you look at their team and you're like, okay, yeah, I understand they have great pitching, but at some point, guess what? The other teams have great pitching too, and you got to find a way to score some runs. And their offense has hasn't been good. No, it hasn't. It's been better of late. Julio's been better of late since July 1st. And I mean, that's, it's when he's good, they're good. I think his, you know, AJ, you saw him in, in, uh, I think it was in Atlanta and somewhat earlier in the season when he was just swinging at everything, you know, you could have rolled the ball up there and he just swung at it, you know, everything, any slider away, he was swinging at same with Tay Oscar. They've gotten better. They've gotten a little more discipline. You know, France is starting to hit of late. Suarez has been a little bit better, but like Julio has been, consistently better and that's why they've been on this run is because he's helping make the offense go he's getting on base you know these other guys that they're kind of putting together Rojas Canzone Cade Marlowe the rookie who's kind of filled in nicely for Jared Kelnick I mean it's not a pretty offense it really isn't but it's been more effective you know they're really good when they take a bunch of walks Cal Raleigh started to hit a few more homers but yeah it's that's the thing is like if they get into the postseason and make a run they're not winning five to one they're winning one to zero or two to one because that's hard for them to score runs still. Hey, Ryan, tell us about Emerson Hancock making his second start now. I heard some and read some reports about him, and I followed him when he got drafted that you know, stuff-wise, it's it's more pitchability and commands, but they've also figured out um, for him, so he's pitching, he's using his sinker to lefties. Um, and kind of keeping it up, but it, it's worked for him as an approach in the minor leagues. So do you think this is like the next great young Mariners starting pitcher for them or more of a, you know, back-end rotation guy? I think maybe more back-end. He doesn't – back-end rotation. He doesn't have the swing and miss that like Bryce Miller or Brian Wu or Kirby or even Gilbert. Uh, his his secondary stuff isn't refined. It was, it's funny. They were, they were looking at his four-seam fastball over the past few years, and it would it would not – carry like a four seam fastball it would it would either kind of just ride like a two seamer so they actually just said well if it's going to move like a two seamer when you hold a four seam grip why don't you hold it with a two seam grip and see if you can get more movement on it and that's been big for him the changeups his best pitch but yeah he's not going to be like those other guys where he's going to go out and have the ability to strike out 10 he needs to you know he needs to use that sinker to get ahead he has the good changeup a lot of ground balls that's what they're hoping for um, the, the breaking pitchers are still a work in progress, but he, yeah, of that group of pitchers, he's kind of a little farther behind cause he just doesn't have that swing and miss stuff. Do you see this team in the off season making a pitching for 
hitting kind of trade, um, like long term. You know, you have a lot of guys that was kind of talked about at the deadline. They didn't do that. And I mean, it's hard to give up a young starter. And we'll get to Otani in a sec because that helps the cause if you're adding another guy like him into the rotation. But do you think that's the move for them? If when I'm looking at the free agent list right now, it's not a it's not an incredible list on offense, Ryan. Obviously, Teoscar is going to hit free agency, but you know some of the upper upper echelon hitters after you've got like Matt Chapman and and Cody Bellinger it falls off quite a bit. Yeah, I. I... I think they have to discuss it. I think they discussed it with the Logan Gilbert stuff this, this midseason. And, you know, the Mariners keep saying that that was more of a Cardinals, hey, we're trying. We looked at Logan Gilbert, and the Mariners were kind of like, yeah, they looked, but they didn't really make a real offer. Um, I think – but if they couldn't sign free agents last year for multiple reasons. One was, you know, lack of payroll budget. Um, but intent, I think it's hard to get free agent hitters to come to Seattle – you know, the stadium still carries a lot of uh, negative factors to it, at least mentally for players. You know, it's cold. The ball doesn't carry. Um, they don't, still don't have the tradition of success. Um, it's far away from Florida and Texas where a lot of players live. So, yeah, it's hard for them to get free agent hitters. So if you can't get the free and the free agent market is bad. So if you, there isn't a way to address your needs then you do have to adjust and look at say, okay, maybe we'll trade a Logan Gilbert or a Bryce Miller because that access is a player that we otherwise can't get. And we feel really good about the way our pitching is. So maybe that's how you do it. Um, I don't like that philosophy because I think it's really hard to find good starting pitching, even as good as the Mariners are at it. And pitchers get hurt. I mean, look at this year. Robbie Ray was one of the most durable pitchers in all of baseball. He had never had an arm issue that put him on the, the – the IL during the major leagues, he's down, he's out for at least 13 months because it's Tommy John and it's flexor surgery. You know, Marco Gonzalez, ultra durable guy for these last few years out, out for the season. So yeah, to sit there and say, you, you never have too much pitching, but if you cannot get the offense you need, then you're going to have to do something. And nothing I've seen says that they can sign the big free agent hitter or they've had the wherewithal to do it. Now let's get to Otani. Cause that's a whole different kind of, but Ryan, thing. they did. They signed Cano. <laughs> yeah, but that Cano, was they signed Beltre. They signed a bunch of guys. That was a Cruz. different. That was a different ownership group, and they. I think that's made them a little uh, wary. The Cano one, especially Beltre, Sexton. You know, they didn't love the results. And if you look at the WAR numbers and such, Cano was was a perfectly um, good player for them. He was Silver Slugger one year, All Star. I mean, he produced. Um, you know the the stuff that happened afterwards, and Nelson Cruz. They've overpaid that they overpaid for Nelson Cruz by one extra year. Nobody wanted to give him a fourth year. They did it and he paid off. But this ownership group has been really the newer group has been really risk averse in terms of investing a lot of money. And what they point out is, oh, we invested a lot in Julio and, and Robbie Ray and Castillo. Yeah, that's fine. But you're selling out games and you're making promises of winning the division and competing for the World Series. Then you got to do more than they've done. And that, you know, to me. Winning takes risks. You know, you have to get out of your comfort zone. It can't be easy. Sometimes you make a mistake and it costs you money, but it, that can't be a fear if you're trying to win it all. You know, that's the thing. It's like a few years ago, nobody knew if Jock Peterson was really going to help the Braves, but they knew they had to do something. And he did. You know, he became, you know, he was, he was a big time player. They went out and got pieces because they knew they needed to and they, they wanted to compete. They had a window. The Mariners haven't done that yet, and I don't know if it's a fear 
or reluctance or just being cheap, but they got to do something. The time is now. It is absolutely now. They built for a while. They're good. They have young, good pitching. And we all know that doesn't last forever. So you need to send them a message. I'm pretty sure they're aware. It is going to cost a lot of money if they are going to be in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes, probably in the 600 plus million dollar range. What is the latest? Do you feel like Otani is impressed by Seattle fans based on the all-star experience and any time that he's been around M's fans and they all seem united in talking to him? And then I don't know much about this, but this is all tied into the conversation. We've had some of our fans in the chat um, over time this year say, oh, him and Kikuchi, I don't, they don't know if they got along or didn't want to be there. And obviously he's not there anymore. So go ahead, unload on everything you're hearing lately. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's like Dumb and Dumber, you know, so he's saying there's a chance. I mean, like, I think he likes <laughs> Seattle. I, I do. I think he likes Seattle. Um, I think he really liked what the Mariners fans did at the All-Star game. It was very spontaneous. His translator or his interpreter and his best friend uh, basically here lives in Seattle in the off season, lives right by T-Mobile park. So maybe that helps. He's hung out there in the winter time at driveline, which is not Seattle, but very cool. Um, I think with Otani, you know, remember when Grinky just said, look, whoever gives me the most money, if it's $1 more, I'll take it. You know, like he, he just kind of said, this is what I want. Nobody really knows what Otani wants. I think from everything I've talked to with like the Japanese media, I've been around and some of the other people, and even some of the players that talk to Otani, I think the one thing he wants is freedom, freedom to leave a bad situation because he doesn't have it right now. So, like, I I think a lot of people believe that he's w- going to want opt-outs in his contract, opt-outs after two, after three, after four. So, like, yeah, you might have to commit $600 million initially, but there's no guarantee you're going to pay all $600 million. You know, like, he, you might get him for two years. And if I'm the Mariners – that's a really great two years. You have all this pitching. He changes the dynamic, then go for it in those two years. You know, like if you know that you're guaranteed for two years to get him. So like if I'm the Mariners, what you do is just make a higher AAV than what everybody else is. If, if somebody's going 10 years at 60, you just go eight years at 65 and say, you have opt outs after two, three, four, five, and six. You know, if you want to opt out, we'll let you opt out, give him the freedom, give him everything that he wants. Cause what, a lot of people believe is that it's not about money, that it's about comfort level, about doing the things that he needs to be successful, which is six man rotation, you know, having all the people that come with him that help him, the masseuse or the trainers and all that stuff being totally amenable to his needs. And if you're the Mariners, you should do that. You should bend over backwards because they did that for Ichiro. You know, they did that completely for Ichiro. I don't know about the Kikuchi stuff. I do know that he is super deferential to, his elders like Japanese culture. My mom's Japanese. So I kind of have a little idea of it. Um, and I think there was some hesitancy to come to Seattle that initially with the shadow of each row looming and all the unknowns about that. I think he just wasn't comfortable with that. I think now he knows who he is. He's the best player of this generation. And maybe like was, I think the Mariners owner called him a unicorn. Um, like, you can do that. I don't think that the presence of Ichiro hurts the Mariners now. It might help them. Um, so it's it's going to be all about where he's comfortable. I think it's going to be a West Coast city, like everybody says. And I think, you know, he's going to do it on his terms. And it might not necessarily be the most, the highest dollar figure offered, but it's going to be where, it's going to be a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but it's going to be a place where he has the freedom to leave if he looks at the situation and goes, this, this sucks and I don't want to be here anymore. I like that. Hey, if you're Seattle, 
Dude, and I can give him an opt-out year one, year two, That's what I was going to say. Three. Screw yeah, it. Yeah, why it not? It gets you over here. Come here. Yeah, let's whatever. win together. You like it's, it? It's the old saying, like, whatever gets him in the door. Yep. Right? So whatever you got to do to get him there, then you worry about keeping him. But if you can get him there for one year, do fuck it. yeah. Yep. Like, do whatever you got. And the thing is, the Mariners are built. They already have five pretty good starters. So they wouldn't have as hard of a time filling the six-man spot. Now, the other starters might be pissed, like Castillo and – Robbie Ray and say, well, I want to pitch every fifth day, but they have we'll the starters. Yeah. True. No, uh, I agree. It, 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 if Shohei Otani's your teammate, you figure it out. You don't get, I mean, and that's the thing is like, he changes the dynamic. I mean, those guys don't have to face him a bunch of times. I, I just think like the players respect for what Otani does and how difficult it is for him to do what he does and how easy he makes it look at times they will bend over backwards to have him on their team because he plays hard too. You know, it's like people don't realize like how fast he is, how great of a base runner he is when you don't see it in person. It's, and you, you do whatever it takes for Shohei Otani because you want to win. And I think the Mariners, the the bulk of the Mariners that are still on this team got a taste of it. And they know that somebody like Otani really could push them over the top, you know, to be a division winner, to contend for a world series. And right now as presently constructed, you, can't necessarily say that. Do you feel like he, uh, adding a superstar like that would help Julio in the sense like he doesn't need to feel like he's carrying all the load? Or is that not really what's coming into why he's kind of having a down season and he's plastered everywhere all over Seattle? No, absolutely. I think it helps. I think there is a lot of pressure uh, put on Julio. He has a hyperactive sense of responsibility for this team. He understands what it means to be the face of the franchise. And I think when they were going bad and he wasn't going well, he really he got outside of what he does well. That's outside of his comfort zone. You know, we saw how pull happy he got. And I think that hurt him. You have the all-star game there. You know, the all-star game is being played in your home city. He's one of the faces of the, the organization and of baseball, like a young superstar. There's all this external pressure pushing on him. Hey, you got to get there. You got to put up numbers. You got to be in that all-star game as well as internally. I, the Mariners ask a lot from that kid. Sometimes I think to his detriment. So he's, I think he's starting to learn to kind of process how, what is important, what isn't, but also like now that the all-star game is gone and passed and he's just out there playing again, it's about winning games and, you know, it's, it's easy for players to have, you know, your focus is still wanting to win and perform every day, but you have all these other factors pulling at you and it creeps into your mind. You know, it's like a, it's being like being in your walk here. Yeah. You want your team to win, but you want to put up numbers because you want to get paid. Well, Julio's got all these other people wanting something from him, needing to do something for him. And I think that was, I didn't, I don't think it helped him in the, in the first part of the season. So we got about a minute left. I want to get one fan question in here from Big Daddy. <laughs> Do you oh, think God. they're starting to feel the effects? There's more after it, but I don't want to say. Of J.P. Crawford on the IL the past few games, seems like he's been really able to set the tone with getting on base of late, putting pressure on pitchers. Yeah, J.P. Crawford's had the best season of his career, so any time that he's going to be missing for them is going to suck, right? Yeah, he's been their MVP on every level. I mean, you look at his on-base, it's top, what, three in the AL. They put him in the leadoff spot when Julio faltered. He's been outstanding defensively. I know the metrics aren't always pretty, but, like, they lost a game the other day where Dylan Moore wasn't able to make two plays. They were difficult plays, but JP makes those easily, you know, and that cost them. You know, him out for seven days, hopefully for them, is, and that's only seven days, is, is big because you, you lose your starting shortstop, and he's kind of their emotional leader, um, he sets the table. He kind of just brings that edge to him. 
you lose that for that long of a period or even longer, that hurts you. And they don't really have a true shortstop that they brought in to fill a spot. Dylan Moore's a utility guy. Jose Caballero's a utility guy. They don't have like a shortstop and waiting to take over and say, okay, he's really good. So they, I, I've been kind of curious to see how much this will affect him over the games that he's been out. I think they're one in three since he's been out. So not ideal. Ryan, first of all, uh, before we let you go, a uh, quick thing. One, you have a Supersonics shirt on, so you want Sean Kemp and the boys to come back. But you also have a <laughs> Tacoma Rainiers hat on. Have you ever yeah. been to a game at Tacoma? I'm ho- I'm, I actually I'm live. I actually live in Tacoma. Do they still uh, have not... the same scoreboard? Because Kratz and I played there. Do they still have the same scoreboard in left field? And is the ball still in the M in Tacoma? Uh, they moved it a little bit over, and they redid it a little bit, so it's not the same. I just want to know: Did you or Kratz ever go over the the wall and center during BP at four twenty or about four twenty five, four fifty, or whatever it was? Not a chance. No, dude. Come on. I it's I saw a I saw Austin Shenton in one of the uh, what is it the alt, alternate site games take a ninety seven mile per hour fastball from George Kirby over it, and that was the Ooh. only time I've ever seen it. Like I watched, th- there was a team I covered that had Vlad Ballantine, Willie Mo Pena, and like. Adam Jones and all these guys, and they could never do it during batting practice, and they did it. I think there's only been two or three in a game that's ever happened. Sinsu Chu and AJ Zapp. And Bam Bam Mullins. Hensley oh, Mullins yeah. did it too. Wow. Yeah, he was if Eddie Williams human. didn't do it, nobody did it. <laughs> there's there's like Willie Mopena that year. I was like right when I was first starting to cover baseball and I watched him take BB. It was the most impressive thing I'd ever seen. That was a one large human being that could hit baseballs very far and could not hit them in a game very much. No. Yeah, but, man, you get there early, you watch Willie Moe, it's a show. Oh, yeah. Hey, Ryan, great catching up with you again, man. Appreciate it. Take it easy, guys. You too. That's Ryan Davis. You can follow him at Ryan Davis on Twitter and also uh, read his work in the Seattle Times. Hey, let's hit the games tonight. It's the Game Time app, and if you're in it for the first time, use the promo code FTLIVE for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. So you hit the app tonight. And you're like, ah, screw it. I'm going to go to a game. Weather's nice. It's all night games tonight. Where are we going? Kratzy, you got a game in mind? I'm going to the six. I want to see Wheeler. I was just at the game on Sunday, Phillies game. I want to see Wheeler go up against anytime National League teams that are in it or where the Phillies are. I feel like they're like, you know, they kind of solidified their spot in the wild card now. It's not more like not chasing them. I want to see him take on some American League teams. I want to see this Phillies lineup figure out a way to not strike out so freaking much. And so I'm going up to the six, up to Canada, to watch Kikuchi versus Wheeler. I haven't been outside enough, so I want to go to San Diego because I'm sure the weather's great. Plus, Jack Flaherty against Michael Waka is interesting for me because they both were these super hyped Cardinals guys that you thought might be there for their whole careers and be stars. It just didn't happen, right? Waka, really, for St. Louis, probably had his best memories in his first season or so there. And then Jack Flaherty in 2019 was insane, but hasn't been the same since. He's got to change his scenery. So I also just can't look away from San Diego right now. I watch them, and I'm just like, is this happening again? Like, even yesterday, Bautista was losing it. He was losing his control, walked back-to-back hitters. Machado's up, bounces into a double play, game over. I'm like, holy shit, they just they just can't get that big knock. No. It's the way it is, some years. Yeah. All you. Where are you going? Uh, I am going, you guys are gonna laugh because you're gonna say I'm a homer, but that's fine. I'm going to the crosstown baby. 
Cubs Sox. Okay, that's Why? fine. For no other reason the game, I don't give two flying craps about the game. <laughs> but I just want to sit one time in the bleachers and listen to the people yell at me. <laughs> See how big of a beer stake we can build. Other than that, the game, I have secondary. Do you actually want to go in the stands at Wrigley? I, I would have – it would be – You'd have to come. You'd have to bring. Would, I'd have me. to go Bobby Valentine probably with the mustache. And, you think come so? On. No. Dude, It'd be I, that bad. It, it would be interesting. What if you show up with like guys? What if I'm your bodyguard. Right. Bodyguard. It would just be interesting to see what people said, and I guarantee you, at some point, somebody throws something at us. Really? Probably a liquid. Who's the most liquor. lovable cub? Like player wise, right now. Like, could you bring? No, Ryan former players. Oh, if I went with Dempster, Dempster, if I went with Dempster, Dempster Ryan Sandberg, Kerry Eddie Vedder, Kerry Wood, and you're just one of them amongst like six dudes as that they adore. As soon as one person found out who I was, they would be, Kerry, why are you with him? Ryan, <laughs> why are you with him? It would be great. I think it would be so fun. That would be, you know, we'd have to have, you know, it'd have to be. Yeah, you'd have, have to have, to have a little people around. Little entourage. But yeah, I think it would be great fun. Okay. At some point, we can look into it. For now, if you're trying to go to that game, hit the Game Time app. You can see a 3D image of your seats. You move the phone around to check it out. Also, if you're stressed out about last-minute tickets, this is the spot for you because there are last-minute deals. They are a big partner of ours here at Foul Territory for very good reason. They treat the people the right way, okay? If there's upcoming events in your area, they've got it for you, as you can see. You slide to unlock a zone deal at the top of your screen on the app. They hook you up. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Okay. You can get tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you've got your tickets. It's just so much easier than their competition. And you can snag the tickets without the stress with game time. So if you don't have the app, download it right now, create an account and use the code F. T live for 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply you redeem that code ft live all caps download the game time app today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed there it is for you on your screen uh, i want to let everyone know there we go shady rays another proud proud sponsor of ft live you can gear up uh, for the season with quality shades built to last I want to actually just read it. Just just leave it on AJ and just see what see his modeling skills. Go ahead. Let's Ready? see. There we go. This is Magnum. <laughs> Premium polarized shades that won't break the bank. It's an independent sunglasses company giving you world-class product. It's just not breaking the bank for you. That's the good news, okay? And every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. The policy is there for you and... Um, if you lose or break it day one, which we're not going to do, but if it does happen, they've got you covered. No big deal. You don't have to cry about it. They're here for you. Okay. Crouch was speechless because you stared into these baby blues. Like I mean, one time, put the sunglasses on and smile. Like you put them on and you're like, mm. like no, put a happy is, face on. You got shady rays. They're so this light. This is blue steel. Ready? <laughs> 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 Great game face from AJ. If you want to be like AJ exclusively for the Foul Territory fam, they are offering you their best discount of the season. Go to shadyrays.com, use the code FOUL, F O U L, for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. That's what he said. So let's swing it to. <laughs> that is what he said. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's swing it to the Mets, okay? Because a lot of people have been asking us to cover this, so we will, okay? So apparently, Verlander and Scherzer, who talked about getting back together as teammates, and there were articles about how they weren't the best of friends when they were with the Tigers, but oh, it's water under the bridge, whatever that means. That's a long time ago. So we want to win together, highest paid duo, all of that, right? Well, there was an article that um, there was occasional discord. This is from Mike Puma of the New York Post. Verlander, according to not Scherzer, but I guess another Met that spoke to him, an anonymous Met, right? I hate anonymous people. Gotta love anonymous. Mm. Was a, quote, diva causing Scherzer to, that's way too big of a word for me, grouse about his fellow three-time Cy winner. Verlander often complained about the Mets analytics department, which he deemed inferior to the one that served him in Houston. Verlander, who was traded back to the Astros on August 1, was largely detached from teammates, according to the Met, and didn't add to the team's identity. On the other hand, Scherzer, who was traded to the Rangers on July 29 and Bassett last season, helped form the fabric of the clubhouse. That's no surprise. Chris Bassett's a dude. He's cool to hang out with, whatever. JV's like big time, Kate Upton. And and sometimes he's even said it. Like he's kind of, like I remember I was covering him last year with the Astros when I was on the road. And he was like, yeah, I'm trying to have more fun. I'm coming back from the injury. Trying to kind of just hang with the guys more and all of that. So I guess that, according to this one, Med disappeared again. But then Verlander came out and was like, no, F you. So he came out on his um, socials and said, I want to say I have nothing but respect for the Mets org, and I enjoyed connecting with all my teammates this season, new and old. That's that's max for anyone that's unaware. It truly was a wonderful group of people. That being said, we all know the success of a team is made up of more than just the players on the field. Everyone's input is valuable. I'm sorry to hear that a staff member took offense to constructive criticism on how we could improve. Wishing nothing but the best to the Mets moving forward. I think this is fascinating, and for me, Kratzy, there's two layers. One is, sure, if there are people saying, hey, I wish that he was more open with us, hanging with the guys, blending in, that's one portion of the combo. The other portion of the combo is, hell yeah, if I've got a guy who's a future Hall of Famer coming into my organization that has not had a lot of winning in its past, and I'm coming from Houston, and yes, you can't just go all about sign stealing in 2017. They have done shit right as far as putting a winning product on the field. If JV says, hey, guys, this might be good to add, or this might be a better way for us to go about our preparation or our analytics in that department. I definitely would be listening. I wouldn't be criticizing him, even if he's saying it in like a little bit more of a, hey guys, we need to get with the times tone. That's fine. I think there's still an analytics arms race and, and you have to balance things, Kratzy. Obviously, we've talked about that a ton, but if JV's like, hey, we can do things a little better, here's how, I'm all ears. Uh, you got to listen to him in some ways, but if he's acting like a diva, I guess you got to kind of, you know, was he saying all these things after a start? I've seen superstars come into teams and they don't hit well, or they don't, they don't pitch well. And it's like, well, the numbers, the numbers say this, you know, I, I mean, I don't understand why I'm not doing well. If he was saying it beforehand and being like, Hey, when I was in Houston, it was, you know, it might it might annoy that person, but the dude's got so much experience. And as long as he's saying this stuff before starts and, hey, I want to know this information, you got to listen to him. And based on JV's comments, it felt like he knew exactly who made the comments. And I think that's hilarious. The anonymous source is not anonymous to JV. What's interesting, though, is he said a staff member. He didn't say a player. Mm-hmm. 
He said a staff member. So that means either a coach or somebody behind the scenes that we don't know about said this. Yeah, no, that's what the report says, that a staff member called him out. Said a Met. So, I mean, according to this Met. Normally, I assume a Met meaning a player. But within this story, either that one or another one that I read, there was a staff member saying like he was criticizing the way that they were providing information. I'm like, cool. (laughs) Maybe he's trying to make you better. Yeah. Yes. Now, now listen, the Scherzer Verlander thing. I mean, there's been numerous things said about it. I don't know because I mean, I don't, I know they work out together at the same place down in Palm beach. So I, I mean, I don't know anything about that. So we can't even talk about that, but the, the, the analytics stuff, like if you're just, you got Justin Verlander who came over, from what many people consider the best analytics team organization in baseball, and he goes to the Mets, who are apparently are willing to spend anything to make themselves a World Series winner, and he says, hey, we need more of this or this or this. How the hell do you not listen to him? You're Steve Cohen. I've been like, what do you – excuse me. What do you need, Justin? You need this? Okay, I have billions of dollars. I'm wasting on this and this and this. Oh, maybe we should focus it more here. But – Again, I don't know. Now, as far as him in the clubhouse, we anyone can say that about anybody. Yeah. Oh, he didn't fit in. The, unless you're in there every day. I, I hate I hate the anonymous, and I hate this, because if you're not in that clubhouse every day, you don't know. And if you're not in the clubhouse, and you can even be a staff member in that, you're not a player. If Unless a player comes out and says, if Pete Alonzo or Francisco Lindor comes out and says, hey, Justin Verlander was a pain in the ass, which they're not going to. It doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Because if you don't put your name behind it, you don't truly believe it. Keenan Middleton. Keenan Hi, Middleton. I'm Keenan Middleton. God, you want about there is a problem. It. And then other teammates backed him up since then. That's how you handle airing some shitty laundry from a former ball club, right? I agree. Put your name put on it. Put your name on it. Okay. I think I think also like the millions of times that I got traded, it was usually for like a little like, hey, we got to fill in for three or four weeks here or there. That was one of the first things teams would ask me. Hey, you were with so-and-so. What did they do with this analytically? Like different people would come up to me and pick my brain. Obviously, they know they're not getting a future Hall of Famer like they have in JV. But that's how you get better. You learn, hey, what are they doing? What was most successful for you from a pitching coach, from an analytic, from a coaching standpoint, from a managing standpoint? That's the whole reason you pay extra for experience the value and experience is not just on the field all right one more and then we will uh finish up because it's related to the mets and i don't want it to get too dated i wanted to throw this in there you see and now ozzy albies is actually on the il um and von grissom's getting called up so we'll see how he does in the meantime braves are rolling but this was after they beat the shit out of the mets over the weekend albies on how much pleasure the braves take in beating the mets quote a lot of pleasure, of course, because they always say they're going to beat us. That's all I can say. I won't say much. <laughs> you just said it. That's good, though. I like that. That's a jab back. Like, you're our rival. You haven't done shit. We keep winning the division. But, I mean, when I was there for two years, we couldn't beat the Mets. So. Right, but you are now dating yourself. It's been a minute. You were there no, for the rebuild. I know. And they and the Mets were going to the World Series, losing to Kratz's team. Yeah. So they were they were hot. Since then, once they got themselves on since track. Then, since they got rid of me, it's been flip-flop. Maybe it was me. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely you. <laughs> it's, like when Jimmy Rollins, it's like when Jimmy Rollins said, we're going to win the division back in 2007. And Mets fans hated him until 
he retired. Like Mets fans are exactly what Ozzy Albies says. And I don't know that he's talking about actual Mets. I think he's talking about the fans being like, dude, we're going to beat you. Throw me a ball, Ozzy. You know, all that (laughs) kind of stuff. But, yeah, it feels great to beat a team in your division. It doesn't – I mean, obviously, I guess it feels a little different when the Marlins weren't good and you beat them. But it feels great to beat a team in your division. I love that Ozzy said it. Especially when – I mean, there there was some heatedness. There used to be. Again, it's kind of died down a little bit. Well, guys swap, re- swap teams, yeah. but but I, I mean, like when it first went to this division, nineteen games, and I mean, you you like I said earlier, man, you'd get. I mean, when I was with the Twins, the White Sox were like our number one every year. They'd be like, "We're a better team." We go out and go fifteen and four against them. We're like, huh, "Oh, you're better." We just whooped your ass fifteen out of nineteen. Like you're not better, and then we win the division. Like no, you're not better, but you yep. keep talking. Next yep. year, same thing. It's like we're better, but we don't talk about it. So yeah, you get pleasure out of that. When, especially when it's players. Like, back in that day, like, Ray Durham, Bobby Howery, Keith Fogel, like, we're better than them. We go out and bitch slap them 15-4, to 15-4 and four or something during the year. And we're like, yeah, who's better now? You know, like, I, I appreciate that they had confidence in their squad, but they weren't better. We were better. And we knew it. And then we beat them. It was like, it made you feel even happier because you're like, not only did we beat them, but they were the ones talking all the shit. And there's been quite a few Braves that have called them out. I mean, there's a famous quote, a year ago from Von Grissom, who said he thought he was going to be drafted by the Mets and, and said that would have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer Strider's called them out a couple times in the past, including last year. It was like, man, they're lucky. They're getting all these calls. I think it's fun. That's good. That's good, like, fun chirping. Good, clean fun. Keep that yeah, shit nobody's up. Nobody's making it personal. No, nobody's no, I like personal. that. I like that. We need more of that. So keep it going. All right, let's slap. <laughs> Kratz hats, what do you got today? I had to follow up my MB hat with just the regular M with the barley on the bottom there. They actually adopted it in 2018 when I got there. Really? It's they had that before. No, they did, but they adopted that. it as their main jersey. Oh, okay. Oh, because I'm like, they had that before. No, no, yeah. It was a, it was like an alternate. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I know. Like I thought like in the early when they moved into Miller Park, whatever it's called, American Family. That was their 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 logo reshuffle, no? It was, but then they adopted. So this one has the, this one has the barley leaf on the bottom of it. Okay. Oh, so that's the difference. That's the difference. Of, and then they put it, the M. But, but then they put it on the jersey too. Oh, gotcha. Okay. By the way, thanks for yesterday informing everybody that the M and the B is in the glove. There's a lot of people that didn't know. I that. know. There's a lot of people that still more than know. you think. Yes. However many you think, there's more. And there were some bold, brave humans out there who admitted to Kratzy they didn't know that the logo with the glove in it is an M and a B. Milwaukee Brewers. It's called the ball in glove, not ball in, ball, letter N, ball glove. In glove. Ball in glove, like a ball in glove. Gotcha. Okay. And there's been a lot of people, lastly, that have said, hey, you should have me on the show, or um, hey, I have a question, or whatever. And I'm like, cool. First off, you can always join us in the chat. We're very active there, as the FT fam knows. But also coming soon, you can talk to us as a caller. Sign up and follow at File Territory on Amazon Amp. Coming soon to FT Live. Slap Hands is about to get real wild sometimes Mm. with some of your uh, 
your questions, comments, and concerns unfiltered as usual. Keep it to baseball for the most part, please. Thank you. And <laughs> let's do it. Off to Wednesday. We'll see you on FT Live. Same people, same place. We'll be back. Thanks to Brady Singer and David Robertson for joining us earlier, as well as Ryan Divish on the Mariners. If you missed any of it, the podcast is up for you every single day. See you Wednesday. Hey, FT Live fam. If you're new to the party on the BetMGM Sports app, enter the promo code FOUL. F-O-U-L for up to $1,000 back if your first bet loses. It's simple. Ready? Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gotta use the bonus code. Foul.